0: Welcome to Much More Much Year with Pup Duffy and Caroline, Lane, an Aunt Imagination production.
1: Guys, I am here with director Kevin Good and writer and star uh, Jenna St. John. We're going to be talking about Sexpectations, which comes out on October 23rd. You can watch it on Apple TV, Amazon, and I'm guessing after a, a bit of time, probably other places as well. This right. quick synopsis, uh, it's written by Jenna Sophia and Sophia plays the part of Katie, who is this. Uh, this is not a spoiler; it's in the it's in the description. Uh, she's a writer who is trying to uh, lose her virginity for the sake of her writing, for the sake of her books. Not, I don't feel like necessarily just like it's something for her. It's just because it's what's expected of her uh, expectations. It follows along uh, Katie and Victoria, played by Jenna, who's her BFF, who's having a crisis that a lot of people can relate to and it also stars uh sky king and gabe bird, bird? you're Your. there we go and he is hilarious as like the bar guy that just he's like offering his services every three minutes you know kind of <laughs> <laughs> but i know this is um this was also a, a tv movie a few years ago so jenna take me into like where you and sophia decided Let's make this into an actual tele-series.
2: You know, um, so we did the pilot. So that's the TV movie. Um, And then we went back in and worked on the pilot some more for the series. But um, so initially we did the pilot and it played at a few festivals and it did really well. Um, And then that was it. Um, And then it was like, so what do we do with this? Like, what do we do with this unfinished work? Um, And then from there, uh, we decided to finish it. And just to then, do so we film. Yeah, so we filmed um the rest of the the last five episodes.
0: Yeah, and pilots by their nature are just a bit of a tease, right? And so it, it just felt so unsatisfying. We got a really good response to it and seeing it with audiences um was very interesting in both positive and negative ways. <laughs> um but we just didn't want to I don't know, it just felt like something that we wanted to explore. And we took the maybe crazy step of just saying, well, let's just take it to series then ourselves. Let's go.
1: Did you find it simpler or not simpler, slightly easier than uh, doing a full feature
2: with the story? No, it was so hard. (laughs) It's so hard um, to think beyond. And then when you're writing, when you're writing a full series, because obviously nobody wants to stop there, you have to set it up for something else in the future so you have to write for for it to be contained in these six episodes but then also leaving the possibility for it to go elsewhere um and i'm a feature writer typically and the 90 minute structure is very comfortable for me like i just you know i can go it's um i feel like i can write it very quickly and then so this it just took forever took a long time um trying to think of the season as a whole, but then also each episode as these small segments um, where every episode also had to be contained was very challenging.
1: I can imagine, like I tend to think in like this encapsulated, like that's how I have to live my life. I have to, I'm gonna do these five things today at this time, I'm gonna do not an OCD so much, but I will get overwhelmed with eight, like ADD. I'll be like, and nothing done. So. I guess maybe I just thought it was easier, but you bring up such a good point, like to, to put it on a big scale. You know, Marvel has, Jesus, what, 13 movies or whatever it is. So for something to happen in Endgame, mm-hmm. then back to something that happened in Iron Man 2, they had to think about it however many years ago when they were writing that one. Or they have to think, oh, didn't we do that? Well, let's add it here. But I think having to think futuristically, like, okay, say Kyle is going to say or going to break his leg or whatever. But maybe in season three, that comes up again because, oh, I don't know, he tries to be a dancer. And they're like, oh, but you know, your leg's weak because you broke it (laughs) two years ago or whatever. Yeah, that's that's overwhelming.
0: (laughs) It's It's a big house of cards. There's a lot of layers to the onion once, you know, if it's working well, there's a lot of layers to the
1: onion. Right. I think also as a viewer, I don't know where I fall in. Like you said, uh, kind of wrapping it up in each individual um, episode. It's kind of like that's nice sometimes, but like say the Walking Dead or whatever, you know, they it's a cliffhanger, and you're like, what the hell? Wait, <laughs> I wasn't ready for it to end. You didn't answer my question. Now I got to wait another week, or you know, in the streaming <laughs> next one. But right. I think it. I don't know. That's wild to me. So the fact that you're doing this and like walking this little tightrope of, okay, we have to do this, but also this. And then we don't forget about that. That's crazy.
2: Yeah. um, It was fun. You know, the show is really broad. And so that gave a lot of room um, to play around and that's, that's exciting. Um, So every episode opens with a fantasy or a memory um and that kind of sets up the theme of the episode and so that like those little rules or you know those compartments helped you know helped hold my hand a bit um and that was fun that was fun to play with right
1: and you've got the i don't know if it's animation or cgi but you've got like the little i forget what frog or ladybug or whatever it was (laughs) it's like another it's another part of like katie's personality or consciousness kind of it's it's that little voice in everybody's head where it's like, you know what, you should just, or you're not ever gonna, but you did it with like, like you said, like characters from her books, from her writing, kind of become her whole personality, but it does really tolerate, no pun intended.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: I think it gives us an opportunity, like, I think it's it's always a challenge if you're doing particularly like a half hour comedy. To like have your cake and eat it too in terms of like the comedy and the drama. Right. So like sometimes, you know, you watch Friends or something and we really enjoyed Friends, but then they would try to they like, you know, they try to have like this really serious moment with like Joey or something. And you're like, I don't, I just don't buy this. Like two seconds ago, they they were being totally outrageous and lampoony with him. And now suddenly we're supposed to feel for this guy. Um, and it's very hard. It's very hard to find that balance where you can you can kind of like Go big and be broad and even be silly with the comedy, but then also um, have earnest moments and have heartfelt moments. And one of the things with Sexpectations is that like compartmentalizing of like these fantasies that I think hopefully, <laughs> hopefully allows us to do that where, you know, we keep kind of having like these reality breaks with the characters in their head with the cold opens and throughout. Um, and it kind of like compartmentalizes a little bit of like the outrageous stuff it kind of fuels the neuroses of the characters without like totally undermining the world and having them in the real world so to speak behaving like like cartoon characters if that makes sense so we're we're basically just trying to have our cake and eat it too
1: right absolutely you find that for instance you mentioned friends i'm trying to think like if they had any real serious moments. And one of the notes I wrote when I was watching this was this is like friends with dildos, you know? (laughs) But it is reminiscent, it's friend innocent. It's, but friends maybe had like some serious like with the breakups and stuff, but nothing like, even Little House on the Prairie fit in some like moral tales and, and, you know, sadness and things like that. But, or like a Seinfeld, it was always funny. Right. And to try to fit in if something happened to Katie and, and one of her, you know, experiences that was really serious and like something that's a real life thing to me as a viewer, I'd be like, I don't know about this. So I like that you used, like you said, the the animation, the little, little vignette. So mm-hmm.
2: this,
1: it's not so crazy that you're not like, oh, this is real life. Does that make sense? Right, right, right.
2: Um Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: One of the shows that has been like a, a tonal comparable that we've talked about is Scrubs that I I like particularly the pilot of Scrubs that I like really was one of my favorite like half hour shows ever was the pilot of Scrubs where I think they did an amazing job of that of like, you're with this new doctor on the first day of the job trying not to screw up and those stakes somehow felt real, even though it is such a silly show. <laughs> it's so so silly.
1: I mean, spoiler alert, uh, people did die on Scrubs. It wasn't yeah. a Grey's Anatomy, five people died every episode, but it wasn't because it was a comedy and it was cute and it was cool and it was funny. And people still died. Right. So it's a really cool like, place to be creatively and probably like somewhat treacherous because you're like, oops, nope, too far. Oh, yeah, we'll bring it back. Yeah.
0: There's a couple of those. There's a couple yeah. of those that if we could build a time machine, maybe we would make adjustments
2: <laughs> maybe um it's also this was like our opportunity this isn't you know this was our creative space um we didn't have a studio or you know a separate production company pulling us back and so it's kind of like this is the time to go for it in a way um so we did like there were there were a few things that we pulled back that um we ended up not going for cuz it felt like too much but then things that were borderline we just kind of so what the hell you didn't have anybody to answer to except to yourselves exactly
1: the money man leaning over your shoulder going I don't know about this car you're like oh it's my stuff I'm doing it
0: right exactly. <laughs> right and there are plenty of opportunities in life to that have that that suit telling you uh where to dial it back so I don't know
1: That sucks. that's like one of my least favorite things as a creative person is having somebody else go you know what you should change, or you know what you should you should do or not do? It's like, you know what you should not do? You should not tell me. <laughs> but, but then, you know, you don't have the protection of like a bigger thing, but
2: whatever. Sure, and you know, they're catering to a very specific audience. And so you have to trust that they know exactly what this pati- like, particular group of people want. Um, and ours is wide open.
1: I mean, there's little zingers in there. The one that really stood out to me was, um, I forget her name, but the the book ladies that were telling Katie, you know, what you, your books need a little more heat or whatever. And then they, so she puts on her fancy dress and goes to the the writer's meeting at the bar. And the poor lady, they're like, oh, don't talk to her. She's self-published. I was like, oh no, (laughs) no. Why are we going to do the self-publishers that way? It's what they would say right? Uh-huh. It's what 2020 people would say. They'd be like, oh, self-publishing. And it's like, some of the most popular or prolific writers started out self-publishing. It's like, again, your audience knows that. Your audience knows that it's supposed to be a thing. So.
2: Right. And um, Katie then does ask, or her book selling? And they dodge yeah. it, you know? Doesn't matter how they got on the shelf. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, that's well, who we are in the show. If we're a character in the show, we're that person. Who's,
1: yeah, who's, we're just self-published. Yeah. Well, Kevin, you are the director of Sexpectations. You're known for uh, Dinner with the Alchemist, Jake and Charlie show, and probably your favorite role as husband to Jenna. Was it a no brainer when she comes to you and she's like, let's do this?
0: Yeah, I think making stuff is our love language. And then her writing stuff that seems slightly impossible for us to pull off and me figuring out how to how to pull it off is um, is part of that you know, so, um, with this, we, you know, it's an indie show. Again, we're the, we're the self-published writer. If we have to be, if we were playing, taking one of those quizzes saying what character on the show are you? Um, but you know, we're, we're doing some big things here. We're, we're doing like unreal engine virtual sets to, um, create these fantasy worlds and, uh, doing puppetry. We're doing, um, a lot of, a lot of uh, big lifting and, that's kind of the challenge that I like of all these things. It's uh, just because, um, just because it's an independently produced show doesn't mean that it's small. It doesn't mean that it, you know. It doesn't mean that we have to tell a story that's like two twenty somethings in their bare ass apartment talking for ninety minutes. You know.
1: Exactly. Exactly. the The show is it's girthy. It's you know, friendly. With- <laughs> Friends was, you know, in their living room or in the Central Park and even Seinfeld was in the diner. You've got like this magical, mystical, physical, you know, vignette kind of thing that's going on. I mean, that's that's not a one person job. I mean, if it is, congratulations. But you thought you must have like people that are working and doing the animation and the puppetry and things like that.
0: We have, you know, we have a great team, but it's so much smaller than probably anybody would think looking at the show. So, yeah, we had a puppeteer, uh, Robin Walsh. She's fantastic. Um, And uh, in fact, um, made us a vagina puppet for the pilot because (laughs) there was a call for that. And (laughs) Um, I don't know how often that happens. I think not very often. It was one of the highlights of making the pilot is working with Robin on that and, you know, picking the fabrics for the various anatomical regions of the.
1: Can you um, imagine the email that she gets and she's like, Oh what now?
0: <laughs> <laughs> she said she had had to make a few penis puppets before, but never a vagina puppet. So we were glad to uh, even the scales there a little bit.
1: I don't want this to come out the wrong way, but I kind of feel like I want a penis puppet. I think it would be hilarious. Hilarious. I said not useful.
0: <laughs> right, Apparently right. they're easier to come by than vagina puppets. So I
1: mean, Anatomically, it seems that seems like a no-brainer that it would be no yeah, offense to do definitely. That.
0: Yeah. Um, but no, we have a we have a very small team. Most of the visual effects team is just me uh creating these worlds um with a little bit of help from a couple people. And um I I don't know, I think that's the fun thing. You know, when Jen is writing a script, I always tell her just just write write the best story that you can write. And then if we can't pull it off, then we'll creatively figure out how to how to lose a location, dial it down, remove the crowd, whatever. But I don't want her trying to write with one hand tied behind her back. Um, But then bizarrely, we never do that step where we make it easier to produce. We just produce it. Um, So like our feature film that we did dinner, the alchemist um, is a period piece set in new Orleans and to, in a new Orleans that doesn't even exist anymore. And so what we did for that movie was we found these like archival photographs from the library of Congress and we restored them and we colorized them. And then we filmed our people on green screen and basically put them into these old photographs to like make this old world, you know? So it's like just trying to take, like trying to do justice to a script that's being imaginative and open and taking you places, or as pup would say is girthy. Um, (laughs) And and uh, I don't know, just t- taking a swing at it, you know, um, so it's it's been really fun. And in this world, in, in this show in particular, getting getting to do these virtual fantasy worlds um, and throughout the season, they kind of grow bigger and more magical. And um, it's I don't know, it's it's really it's really cool. And I think a lot of the tools that the big kids are using right now, you know, you hear about all this virtual production stuff happening on the Mandalorian and the Batman and whatever. And it's like, you know, we can do that, too. So let's go.
1: <laughs> well, you are a bit of a one man band then uh, there with that. But I wanted, I wanted to to ask. Do you think? And I don't know your skill set. I would, looking at it, it looks fantastic. But do you think as you go along in the series, like you said, they're going to get bigger and brighter and bolder and better? Not that they're bad now, but do you think that's because your skill level is just going to keep increasing?
0: It's a little, it's a little bit of both, but yeah, I mean, the technology is really like catching up, you know, when we started working on this show, you know, virtual production was just a whisper in John Favreau's ear somewhere in Hollywood. And now it's like one of these things that just everybody's talking about all the time, you know? And so I I think the technology is catching up and the, the, the dreamers can, I don't know, can just use like this new set of tools. That's pretty, it's pretty incredible, you know?
1: Well, the dreamers can become doers because they have the tools that they need. I have absolutely no artistic abilities at all, but I would love to have to be able to get like ideas or images or, you know, things out of my brain and onto paper or a computer screen just to see like, because what you see in your brain is not always, especially if you have no talent, it's stick figures, you know, so that's, I think that's kind of cool with the, the technology. And I love that you you guys have worked before to, together before I wanted to ask Jenna, what's it like being directed by your husband? Are there fights?
2: <laughs> oh, no, very few. We're super chill, Um, you know, to the point where when we have the rare fight, um, we don't know what to do with it. <laughs> it's just like and then things are like not OK and we're, you know you know, desperate to make it better. Um, but on set, uh, we work very well together. It's weird because we'll spend the whole day together and feel like we haven't seen each other because <laughs> we're kind of in our separate worlds. He's, you know, directing behind his monitor and I'm either acting in front of the camera or producing. But no, it was, um, it's, it was great. Um, uh, I don't know if this is a, a spoiler, um, but my character has a sex scene in a future episode um and it was like one of the more pleasant experiences because um the actors knew that kevin was my husband so we're constantly checking in like is this cool like i just want to be respectful that's never happened before
1: wow i'm touching it (laughs) we're okay
2: yeah yeah i'm like i just need kevin on like every set
0: i don't know why it takes like my presence there to put people on their best behavior like it seems like just doing a scene like that should put people on their best behavior, but I don't know. I'm, I'm glad I could glad I could help by showing up.
1: <laughs> some movie sets and some TV show sets, uh, they have that int- intimacy coordinator. Uh, that that's they're they're the Kevin's. They're supposed mm-hmm. to be like everybody on their good behavior. So.
0: Yeah, and you know, I think. I think in a broader sense, you know, I've done, I've directed a number of intimate scenes and I think going forward, we, we would use an intimacy coordinator, but I think the key, the key is just communication, always communication upfront, not when a whole crew is there and staring at everybody, but communication up front and making sure that everyone mm-hmm. understands everything and everything is, is uh there, there are no surprises or the enemy of people being comfortable doing stuff like that. It's basically, that's basically the approach. So
2: because I was writing these, um, I wrote everything out. Everything. You know, if it was just one kiss, if it was an entire scene, um, like even though it was, I think it was implied that certain things would be off camera, I would put off camera um, just so whoever was reading it would know exactly what to expect. And that was just the, I guess the actor and me writing out the scenes. I mean, like, I would want to know instead of you know, and then they make love. And it's like, what does that look like? Does the camera pan away? Like, are we watching it?
0: Right. That can be anything. That can be the camera pans over to the drapes and fades to the next scene, or right. that can be pornography or anything in between. So let's avoid surprises.
1: What you just described is like the classic uh, daytime soap where it <laughs> goes to the curtain or the candle that's flickering, you know? <laughs> right. The Truman Show, they just, what did they fade to black? And everybody was like, oh, can't say Right. I'm kind of conflicted because I think writing for my character would be either great or just mortifying. I'd be like, oh, God, no. Why? It just like all works together. And I think it's because you don't have a massive, massive crew. So you're not going to have 100 people on set while you're having your you know, naughty scene. You're going to have maybe like you, the person you know maybe maybe five ten other people you're not going to have that's our whole crew
0: of- if we say clear the set it's just like maybe like the one one person will leave and everybody else is like no i have a job to do here you know
1: <laughs> benefit to it then i mean if there is. people all the time but people don't understand maybe that smaller crews might suffer a little bit but they also benefit so much simplifying things you know getting uh getting a location you know where uh, the, the library is going to Except your 10 crew set, but not necessarily, you know, they're not going to want to film Infinity War in the library. It's a give and take, but it seems to be working really well for you guys. Thank you. Thank you. So aside from seasons uh, two through 12 of Expectations,
2: what else is coming up for you guys? I've written a few features that are in post. Um, I don't know if I can uh, disclose them, um, but one is a family film and the other is a rom-com is that right no one is a horror movie one is a family film i'm currently writing a rom-com for a studio um so that's fun i was gonna say confusing a
1: a horror film and a (laughs) rom-com
2: it's all the same
1: right exactly and murder (laughs) or heartbreak
0: she's just extremely busy so she can't keep track of it that's all
1: exactly it sounds like it and kevin you got anything coming up soon
0: not that specific i'm really working on a lot of the uh on a lot of that uh virtual production stuff and like kind of that pipeline so that whenever uh jenna shows me the next script that we're going to uh, produce together i'm prepared for whatever incredibly challenging scenes are on that page so
1: i wanted to bounce back real quick you said something about you tell jenna to write the best script that she can or you never think to yourself she's going to write something crappy and i'm going to say something about it. Oh, were- no, he
2: he says that. Oh, no. Um Ke- Kevin <laughs> um i i feel like once i've sold Kevin um i've sold everyone and so there I'll hand him a script he'll read it and then he'll basically go through it and say this isn't working this isn't working this isn't working this is not working and i go back to work and um I bring it back to him. So, um specifically the ends of episodes 2 and 3 he disagreed with. Um and so I kept working it for weeks and then finally um when Kevin was like this works. I was like then it that it will likely work for more people. <laughs> but Kevin is um he's a he's a tough audience member and that is to his credit has made me a better writer.
1: So, are you saying he's your biggest fan and harshest critic?
2: Absolutely.
0: I think it's valuable for writers, hopefully, and obviously I'm just inflating my own ego here. So, so bear with me for a moment, but I think it's valuable for writers to find that person that will be critical of their work in a productive way. If you find somebody who's critical of your work, just like in a, oh, this isn't really my thing, or it's kind of boring. Well, that's not, that's not like helpful but um finding the person who's who's going to hold you to account and isn't just going to say nice things cuz it's uncomfortable i want to read her scripts and just say it's wonderful and you're wonderful and then you know have a good evening <laughs> <laughs> um so i i don't know it's tough it's really t- uh, you know it's it all it all stems from the script and it's just so important and so much work so much work goes into these things after that that um you owe it to yourself to to find those people that will give you a hard time until until you get it there,
1: right? And you're kind of giving yourself the director a little a little helping hand because you can see looking at the scene, you're like, "This is not i I can't. We're not gonna. This is not gonna work. So how about we just change it now before right. we're on set and I'm behind my monitor going, ah, Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So I'd say." on average, a script that Jenna is working on gets about a a dozen Kevin passes. Maybe, right, Jenna? Yeah,
2: Yeah. I think that's fair. And I have other readers as well. um, But Kevin is the most, uh, I guess, frequent or consistent.
1: Well, that's awesome. Sexpectations will be out October 23rd. That'll be here before we know it. It's what? It's it's a week
2: from
0: now. A week away.
1: Apple TV and Amazon. Can people follow you on social media? Or is there a website they can keep up with your projects?
2: Yes. Um I'm on social media. It's just um Jenna St. John. Um you'll see a silhouette of a ballerina jumping. That's me. Um we <laughs> also have sex Sexpectations social
0: TV media. on just about everything. Take your pick your poison of uh Instagram or um Facebook. Facebook or whatever. It's Sexpectations TV. Yeah. And I'm Kevin Be good on Twitter. Uh although I, does Twitter still exist for people.
1: It's X now. <laughs>
0: it's a, different conversation for another day but
1: hi Kevin be good on social media Jenna St. John with the Ballerina on social media and you said sex expectations tv well, you guys thank you so much you you are literally probably to me at least a couple goals you're supportive oh. ruthless at the same time and I love it <laughs> thank you
0: thank you I we, if we ever print a box set of this we're going to have to say that puff Tuffy, because friends with Dildos, we're going to that's going to be the <laughs> That's going to be the pull quote on the, because <laughs> who wouldn't pick that up and give it a watch? I certainly would.
1: I would a thousand percent. <laughs> marketing, marketing yeah. ideas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys, thank you so much. I'm going to go follow you on social media. Everybody else should. Sexpectations, October 23rd. You guys have been amazing. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you.
0: Thank you Great so much. You.
1: Have a wonderful afternoon. You, you too. too. Bye.
0: This has been an Imagination production. Here at Autimagination, you'll find book, film, television, and product reviews, as well as roundtable discussions, current events, and hot topics. We are advocates for equality and the freedom to be who you are, no matter what. Imagination gets its name from autism and imagination, two things that are very important to us. If you would like more information on odd imagination, odd imagination and the podcasts the that world. we host on our website, Another you can visit a u t i m a g i n a t i o n A-U-T-I-M-A-G-I-N-A-T-I-O-N.org. the poison pulling me. She knows all about the drug. I
1: plagiarize all my apologies, and they still weren't enough. I know,
0: I know, I know that I should let her go, but I don't, I don't, I don't seem to be in control. I ain't blind, I can't see. we yeah. be